Already grab your Bibles, hold them up. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I can be what it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. All right. Now if I could just practice what I'm saying, right? My mind is not working today. <laughs> so anyway, First Corinthians. First Corinthians. We were supposed to start this last week. And so I laid every, the best laid plans because I had everything laid out. And then I, didn't, I even told, uh, thankful for Brother Dave filling in, I even told him, I was like, listen, I, I got the sermon ready. If you want me, I can send you my notes. It'll save you time. And so, but, and so to finish, finish up the year. And uh, so we're actually going to do the, the first sermon today, the second sermon tonight, because I we finished our Sunday night series. So, Lord, Lord's in control, because I had no idea what I was going to do on Sunday night for the next couple weeks. And so, but we're talking about our heritage, owning our heritage. The first thing we're going to talk about is the heritage of the gospel. And again, we're not going to spend a lot of time defining what the gospel is because hopefully you remember when we went through our series on Galatians about no other, listen, there's no other gospel. Uh, and that's why Paul makes a, such a big deal out of it. We've got to, uh, listen, the Old, the Old Testament makes a statement, remove not the ancient landmarks. Listen, there are just some things that we're just not allowed to change. Just as, as, as nice as it might be. Listen, it would be, it'd be wonderful to be able to tell, tell you that everybody's going to heaven. I would love to be able to tell you that. You know, to, you know, we're we're all good. Just do the best you can, and in the end, we'll all be fine. But listen, there are just some things that we're not allowed to change. One of my favorite quotes was made by Thomas Jefferson, and, and I'll mess it up. Hopefully, you'll you can go home and look up the exact quote. In matters of opinion, be like a fish. In matters of doctrine, be like a rock. And so, listen, there are, there are just some things we're not allowed to change. And the first thing, if you want to talk, is the gospel. We think about our heritage, it's more than just history. I, I love history. Not everybody is as enthusiastic about history as I am. I, I love history. I used to have a weekly meeting with the president of the college because he loved history, too. And everybody thought that I was always in trouble because I'd always go to the president's. You know, you only go to the president's office when you're in trouble. You know, it's like the school principal, you know. And I'm like, whatever, you can think whatever you want. He just wants an intelligent conversation about history. I don't know if that's true or not either. I just said, listen, most of the time. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, starting verse number 10. We're going to read into chapter number two. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Cleo, <clears throat> that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? 
Are we baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Cephas and Gaius, lest any should say that I have baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptize any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by the wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ, crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorifieth, let him glory to the Lord. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellent of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, we just pray that you'd speak to us, Lord, as we start this endeavor of understanding our heritage. We have to take ownership of it. There are just some things that the world isn't going to understand, the world isn't going to like. We have to be okay with that. And it starts with the gospel. We ask these things, your name. Amen. The Bible makes the statement that it's, it's, a, it's a spiritually discerned book. The world is never going to fully understand, isn't going to fully grasp it. We were talking this this morning, and listen, people are, educational-wise, people are much smarter than me in things. And it just got me thinking of, because I do about this, like the foolishness of the gospel. Listen, the, the, the gospel is simple. 
Listen, it has to be simple because what a, a little it, except you come as a little child, you're never going to get into heaven. Listen, kids aren't complicated. Simple. This past year and a half, everybody's afraid. You know, we're going to get the virus. We're going to get the virus. We're going to get the virus. We're going to get the so we've got to wear a mask and we got to social distance and we can't hang out with people and all of these things that so we don't get the virus. Then they come up with a vaccine, which is the virus. It's the, it's the diluted form of the virus. So you spend all this time trying to keep yourself away from the virus, and then you go put it in yourself anyway. To me, that's foolishness. But that's what the world sees when it looks at Christ. It's foolishness to them. They don't understand. And it starts with the gospel. So they, 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 Romans, they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. And it goes through all kinds of things that happen to them. That to me look pretty foolish. To anyone that follows Christ looks pretty foolish. Sounds pretty foolish. The first thing that we have to realize is that the gospel brings unity. We're talking about our, listen, our heritage. We have to realize that the gospel brings unity. Paul starts out here and says, listen, there's, there's rumors going around that there's some divisions, that there's some strife, that there's some fighting going on. And he gives the example of people saying, well, you know, well, I'm of, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos and I'm of Cephas. And then the really spiritual ones. Well, I'm, I, I'm of Christ. Like, that makes them, and, you know, you can, in my mind I can see like the smug look on their face. Well, I'm of Christ. And it's just like, bless God. If I was there, hmm, when someone said that. When Paul was saying, listen, you, you're, you're missing the point. What did Apollos preach? What did Cyphus teach? I know what I've been telling you. You guys are missing the point. The gospel brings unity. Again, uniformity and unity are not the same thing. I know I always use it, but listen, Peter and Paul didn't like each other. So we're not talking about uniformity. What we're talking about is the gospel. Whatever, whatever your problem is, whatever a person's problem is, the gospel can solve it. I promise you. You say, Pastor, that's kind of a bold statement. Listen, the Bible can handle it. Well, you know, I, I'm overweight. Well, the Bible does talk about the sin of gluttony. It's got that one covered. Well, you know, I, I suffer with depression. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ. I don't know that Christ suffers with depression. And listen, I realize that there's hardships. And I'm not saying that we're not ever going to go through a hard time. And I'm not saying that we're going to need outside medical help. 
on top of it. But listen, the, the Bible's got it all covered. Whatever you need. It's like the spaghetti sauce. It's in there. I always forget which one it is. Ragu or Prejou. I forget. Their slogan, it's in there. If we're constantly bickering and fighting and complaining and trying to one-up each other. Listen, that's what the world tries to do. Well, you know, try to make someone look bad to make yourself look better. Because we've got to climb the corporate ladder. Listen, and, and Paul knows what he's talking about. He, w- he was taught by the high priest. If, uh, uh, Paul goes through his pedigree. Listen, he could one-up everybody. I mean, he was a Jew and he was a Roman. He had the best of both worlds. He grew up in, listen, I realize that you have to have some sort of intelligence to be able to be taught by the most exclusive spiritual leader of the day. But you do realize that you probably need money too. Paul wasn't from a poor background. He had money, he had intelligence, he had proper breeding, he had proper education. In chapter number two, what does he tell him? He's like, I predetermined to know nothing. That's one of my favorite phrases. I don't know anything. I don't know nothing. How many of you guys... I'm really going to be dating myself now because this show is so old that I don't even remember it. But I remember watching reruns. Hogan's Heroes. Sergeant Schultz, right? I, excuse me, I messed it up. I know nothing. That's what Paul is saying. Unless it has to do the gospel. And listen, we don't get to determine what the gospel is. So when he says, I don't know anything, save Christ and him crucified. That's the gospel. Laying, well, the Bible says, what, laying these things aside, I press towards the mark, the high calling. We can't let our opinions, we can't let the, the outside influence of the world mess with the gospel. It's, it's too important. It's part of our heritage. Paul says instead of being focused on practices, Paul made the statement that is practically a death blow to those who believe in baptismal regeneration. That those who believe that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Listen, that's, that just about covers every other religion. At, at some given point in time, every other religion, why? Because they're adding to the gospel. I think it was uh, Wednesday night. I, I, I listen. You you realize that the whole concept of having to be baptized to be saved was introduced by a Baptist preacher that got sick and tired of people not following Jesus in baptism after salvation. He didn't even believe what he was getting ready to tell the people. And now, four or five hundred years later, 
We've got multiple, excuse me, religions that tell you you have to be baptized. Listen, no. Adding to the gospel. And it's too, listen, our heritage is too important. We've all heard the statement, you know, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're, if, if nothing else, we're in for a huge cultural shift in the way that we have to minister to people. Listen, there's, there's Bible colleges now that are teaching you, and, and, and I'm not all for it, but you have to be willing to adapt somewhat to it of how to have a hybrid ministry because, listen, people aren't going to come to church anymore. Listen, listen there, are, there are people that used to come to this church that told me they are not coming back because they're just too afraid. They have no intention of ever coming back. And so, you know, we've got to, listen, I'm all for learning to adapt, but listen, church is church. I watch it online, convenient because you're at work, convenient because you're sick, convenient because you're traveling, but listen, it's not real church. I'm thankful for the technology. And while we may have to learn to adapt certain things, listen, you can't change the gospel. Listen, if we know anything about the, the church at Corinth, and they were messed up. I mean, you've got a guy having a relationship with his mother-in-law. That's just weird. There's just no other polite way of saying that. And they didn't even think that it was wrong. Listen, I, I realize that we're, we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. We all have things in, in our life that we would don't want everybody in the world to know about. But the fact that the whole church knew about it, both of them were members of the church. They weren't keeping it a secret. Listen, because they had so much pride and so much arrogance. And I realized that there were things being taught by the Judaizers that were completely wrong. That the, the, God only cares about the spiritual, and so you can do whatever you want with the flesh and the physical. God doesn't care. But can you just, I mean, just think about the, the pride and the arrogance that goes into that. I'm of... Listen, that, that's prideful. That's, the, again, well, you know, I, I got to, listen, I, I got my degree from such and such college, and, and I have a such and such level, you know. Listen, listen that's, that's the way that the world thinks. Listen, if, if you don't have a doctor's degree from Harvard or Yale, you're an idiot in, in the world standards. That's the way that they think. And Paul says that, listen, yeah, I, you may look at me and think that I'm foolish. And we see it all throughout Scripture. How many times does, does 
Jesus or, or ask a really simple question. They can't answer it. And it's not that they can't answer it. It's that they choose not to answer it because no matter what answer they give, it's going to get them in trouble with some group of people that are their peers. Constantly getting in trouble for healing people or doing nice things for people on the Sabbath day. And so Jesus asked him, why? Lawful. What am I, listen, why? Because if they say, no, Jesus, you can't heal him, well, then the normal people will look at him and say, why aren't you allowed to do nice things for people? And if they do say, yes, you are allowed to heal them, then all the religious elitists are going to say, but the letter of the law says this. So they just decide to keep their mouth shut. Simple question. Are you allowed to do nice things for somebody? And they re simple. I mean, every little kid knows the answer to that question. Pride and arrogance. My favorite teacher is better than your favorite teacher. See, and the world laughs at us. We believe that a little baby was born in a manger by someone who had no physical relationship. We believe that this birth was predicted a hundred years before it occurred. We believe that the birth was so important that the baby was the pre-existent and eternal Son of God who was, had to be perfect in every way so he could die in our place. We believe that this Jesus never sinned. Never one time had one thought. Now, listen, when, when the Bible says that there was no sin in him, listen, it doesn't mean that he didn't sin. It means that the thought of sinning never existed. It's not that he, did, that he never actually did it. It's that he never even thought about doing it. That's why he can that's why he can make the statement, listen, you know, Ten Commandments say that you're not supposed to, thou shalt not kill. But I tell you that if you are angry at somebody, just thinking it, you're guilty of. You're listen, you're not supposed to touch someone that you're not married to, but I tell you that if, even if you just look at it lustfully. Why? Because that's the thought. If you never thought about doing anything, you'd never do it. We sin because we think about it. We, we all get astonished when we hear, you know, some famous preacher does something really, really, really stupid. But can, listen, we all know this. He thought about doing it long before he ever did it.
We believe that Jesus performed miracles. Listen, he calmed the storm. I mean, you know, raise the dead and, and, and cause... Listen, I don't, I don't understand all everything that goes into that. But just, he calmed the storm. Go home, pick up your fish tank and shake it. And then I want you to stop. But not only do I want you to stop, I want you to stop the water from moving. Because that's what happened. Listen, you can stop the violent motion, but the water's still going to be sloshing around. No, the Bible says that when Jesus calmed the storm, it became calm immediately. I mean, can you just imagine a typhoon wave coming towards you, and then all of a sudden it's gone? Just poof. Yeah, I believe that. People say, well, you know, Jesus parted the, the Reed Sea. It wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea. Okay, you're wrong. But let's just go with that for a second. He just drowned the most powerful army in the world in three inches of water. It's still a miracle. See, these things are foolishness to the world. You can't really actually believe it. We believe his teaching was the word of God because he is the word of God. We believe he died on a cross as a perfect substitution for our sin. We believe his payment was accepted by a holy, righteous God. We believe that he rose from the dead. We believe he promised to build his church. We believe he sent into heaven after instructing his disciples to preach the gospel. We believe that salvation and eternal life are available for every person who repents and believes in Jesus. We believe the gospel can change every aspect of a person's life. We believe that someday Christ will spend eternity in heaven. Listen, if you're, if you're not saved, that just sounds absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid to believe those things. Listen, and there are hundreds of other ones I didn't list. but it's our heritage. We can't change it. And Paul says, listen, sometimes, you're going to look like a fool. Think, Think about some of the things that God asks you to do. Go, go knock on a door and hand someone a piece of paper. Listen, I, 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 I grew up in church. But logically, think about how foolish you are. Especially when it's, you know, 10, 15 degrees outside. Or when it's 100 degrees outside, in my case. 
Cold doesn't bother me. Heat gets to me. I always tell people this, you can always put more clothes on. Sooner or later, no matter what your standard is, you can't take any more clothes off. You're just kind of... But how foolish you are. I mean, you got, you, you got your, 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 your thermal underwear on, you got your, your sweater on, you got your, your, your uh, windbreaker on, you got your parka on, you got your scarf on, you got your, your hot finger gloves, electrically charged battery pack, you know... When my parents were in Canada, get the, you, you fill out, you know, prospect cards or whatever, make notes or whatever. There was, it happened more than once. It was so cold that the pen froze. Think about that. How foolish are you? You're get, trying to get frostbit. You mean you, Brother Motter gets up, turns on the heat at church. You get up at what time in the, you're retired. I mean, it's the weekend. Mr. Carrigo works all, you, you, you just worked all night and you're going to go where? You're, you just, you, you worked all night, you're going to go somewhere and someone's going to yell and scream and, and tell you that you're a dirty, rotten, filthy human being. And then you're going to pay them for it? Hey, you're foolish. You're crazy. What? But it's, it's our heritage. It's the gospel. See, the problem is, is it's in our DNA. Listen, you're a new creature. Listen, I, I can't prove it. I might be wrong. But when sin came into the world, it changed everything on a molecular level. I know I've said that before. I, listen, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I am completely convinced that when someone gets saved, their DNA changes. And I'm talking on a molecular level. There's just something different. Things I used to do, I don't want to do them anymore. Something changed. Because it's, it's not, at least to me, it's not foolishness. All of those things I listed. So what, I got to get up at, at occasionally, once in a while, way too stinking early to turn on the heat so kids can come to church and learn about Jesus. It's not, it doesn't, not even a second thought. So what, I got to work all night and then I gotta come to church, but hey, I get to I get to drop my tithe in an offering plate. 
so the church can help people. This is not, not even a second thought. So what, I gotta miss out on an hour or two of sleep so I can come back to church on, on a Sunday night. But listen, I get to help out. I get to further the cause of Christ. I get to have, make sure that more people get to hear the gospel. It's not, it's not foolishness to me. Paul says it's your reasonable service. Listen, it's the only thing that makes sense. Why? Because old things are passed away. All things are become new. Listen, we need to thank God for our heritage. Listen, there's, there's a lot of people in this world that wished that they had it. I crack jokes about the fact that I grew up in church and, and you know, as a kid and teenager, I had drug problems because I got drunk to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and Thursday night solo and Saturday bus calling and just about any other time that my parents felt like drugging me to church. But you know how many of my friends aren't standing up today? You know how many of people that I grew up with aren't even in church because their parents didn't drag them to church? Yeah, it's annoying. But you need to be thankful for it. Because I don't, I, if a person that really understands that sitting in jail, they would be thankful if their parents would have dragged them to church. Just about any nation around the world, someone that understands something, they'd be thankful if they had our hair. You look at the world, and listen, it, it, many times it seems like it's America against the world. There's World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea. I mean, they, even today, I mean, all of these other countries are just going along for the ride with all of these restrictions. You better be thankful for your heritage. And by the way, it has very little to do with your political heritage. And it has a whole lot more to do with your spiritual heritage than people will ever realize. You realize that Canada got their independence just about the same time that the United States got theirs. Except for we had to fight for ours and England just said, well, if we can't have the United States, who we have Canada? And just left. And look at, politically, spiritually, Economically, look at the vast difference between America and Canada. Canada never had a great awakening. They never had a spiritual revival. We've had two. We need to be thankful for our heritage. We need to take ownership. Listen, the gospel says certain things. We can't change it. We shouldn't. Honestly, we shouldn't want to change it. That's why it's so dangerous with some of these newer Bible versions. 
Listen, I, I, I don't, there, honestly, there are some words in, in the Bible that I don't know why God allowed the translators to translate into English to use those words. I don't understand. I'm not going to let my kids use those words. But it's not my words. It's his words. I don't, I don't know why. I can't answer that question. But I do know that I can't change it because they're not my words. We need to be thankful for our heritage. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning and we're thankful that you allowed us to come and gather and worship.